Welcome to Frequency Matters, the RF and Microwave Update Series. I'm Pat Hindle, and I'm with my co-host here, Gary LaRoud. This episode, we're going to continue to cover our October passive and control issue. As a reminder, the cover feature is written by AVX, and they cover off-chip passive components to maximize the performance of GAN, and that's at a low cost, too. So it's very important for these matching circuits that also do bias filtering, DC blocking, and address thermal issues, and they go over all that in the cover feature. Gary, what do we have for product features? Well, we have a full issue this time. Uh, three product features. First, from Roden Schwartz, 6 gigahertz oscilloscope that has a very large touchscreen display. It's got a low noise analog front end and also high sampling rate A to D converters on the back end. Then, from Huber Sooner, a multi coax interconnect that they've developed for high speed digital testing and it has frequency coverage up to 90 gigahertz. And then last, from Times Microwave, a very flexible microwave cable assembly, which they developed to have very tight bend radius. And so for the smallest version of that, the InstaBend 047, the bend radius is 3.3 millimeters, and that goes out to 110 gigahertz. Wow. Some high-frequency uh, products there. Definitely. So for uh, Tech Briefs, we had a portable 20-watt power amplifier covering 700 megahertz to 2.7 gigahertz by ThinkRF, and also an ultra-low-loss multi-layer PCB from Panasonic. So those are two more for the products, and I think that wraps up the October issue there. And speaking of products, I had a chance to talk with Steve Oranges, the Global Vice President of Product Development at MiniCircuits, and we discussed the company's new move into the VNA market. And that was a very interesting talk we had. So let's take a look at a clip from that now. Well, you've certainly been busy, and uh, you have some exciting news today. Um, Mini Circus is introducing for the first time a VNA into that market, which is very interesting. And uh, Mini Circus has been known for a very long time to have a very wide selection of RF components and instruments as they've expanded into that area. But yeah. VNA seemed like a little bit of step in a new direction, which you've brought in. How did Mini Circus decide to enter that space? Well, you know, Patrick, we've long been known for our, our quality and really our availability and really our value. As we started looking at, at that and how we wanted to really expand that business to a broader space, it was really a natural complement to consider other traditional test measurement products. And so um, as we looked at that, eVNA or a VNA is a natural extension into those more traditional test measurement spaces. We really plan to leverage our brand and our sales channel and our, our all of the things that customers have come to know and love about mini circuits really into this VNA space. Um, as I'm sure you're well aware, the VNA space is, is a rather large piece of tested measurement. It's over a billion dollars a year. And we really felt like there was an opportunity to serve customers with a, a unique, high quality, and yet affordable VNA product, something that really fit into the mini circuits overall uh, mentality. And so um, we, we work to bring together a high value product that we believe can really complement uh, the users in both product development and in production verification. So you can listen to the entire interview at videos.microwavejournal.com. It was a very interesting talk and big move by mini circuits to offer VNAs into the market. And I think Steve is a fairly new recruit to Mini Circuits. Yeah, he uh, came from a lot of the tests and measurement companies, and you can see he brought that legacy with him. Excellent.
Turning to the news, acquisitions are continuing. We see Sivers Semiconductors announced that they're acquiring Mixcom. So this is really uh, heating up in the millimeter wave market. And I think both Gary and I agree that this is kind of the start of maybe the consolidation because there's a lot of startups and you also have the traditional suppliers like ADI and Corvo in this millimeter wave 5G and SATCOM market. Uh, we did have a chance to talk to uh, Mike Noonan, uh, CEO of Mixcom, and he described to us how it's a great synergy of uh, companies because traditionally uh, Mixcom has done a lot of the license bands in 5G millimeter wave, whereas Seaver Semiconductors has done the 60 gigahertz unlicensed band. So it's a very good match to have both coverage in licensed and unlicensed bands. And there's also a lot of packaging technology and systems knowledge that they bring together. So I think they're going to be a strong player in the millimeter wave market. What did you think, Gary? Uh, I agree with you. I think it uh, certainly develops the technical team and the focus of both companies. They now don't have to duplicate development of the same products, and they can recruit from certainly deep technical talent pools, both in the U.S. and in Sweden. And I think the other point to make is that in the eyes of customers, the combination is probably more credible than either of the companies by themselves. Good points. And there also was another acquisition, uh, Acoustis Technologies announced that they're acquiring 51% or a majority uh, position in RFM integrated device. And so I'm sure their plan is by 2022 to take the remaining shares. And so it will be an acquisition in the making for the next year. Uh, RFM brings both filter and timing solutions, which aligns with what Acoustis is doing. And I think it also allows them to integrate their uh, filters and timing solutions into higher level integrated components. So should be good for both of them too. So what did you see in the news, Gary? Well, a couple of things related to millimeter wave. Uh, Dell Oro Group uh, published an updated outlook for the adoption of 5G millimeter wave. And they said that the Q2 year-over-year revenue was fairly flat due to slower deployment in the U.S., Asia, and Europe. I think, no doubt, that must reflect the uh, pandemic. But they do see healthy growth through 2025, certainly, with the market reaching around $2 billion. I think millimeter wave, we can say, is still kind of finding its footing in the smart smartphone area, fixed wireless access. Uh, there are new growth opportunities, certainly, that we haven't seen yet. Uh, more deployment in the uh, high data demand hubs like airports and stadiums as people start to come together more. And then uh, indoor spaces, whatever form the uh, office of the future takes, and also certainly an untapped area would be the factories of the future as well as they start to implement the industrial IoT. And then a second interesting uh, item I saw also related to millimeter wave is um, there's been some debate about whether millimeter wave can provide high data rates for fixed wireless access compared to fiber. And I don't think anyone would say millimeter wave will be faster than fiber, but it certainly can be competitive. And there was an example of South Valley Internet, which is uh, south of Silicon Valley, deploying a 60 gigahertz mesh network using ADTRAN equipment. This is, if you're within 600 meters of the base station, you can get one gigabit per second both ways for about $185 a month. And then uh, there's a Teragraph 60 gigahertz network that's uh, currently being deployed using Cyclu equipment, and it's uh, going into Bermuda. So, Pat, I think we ought to go and do a field trip there to check it out. Definitely. We need to test it out. 
So uh, turning to events, uh, big happenings on the event front for both European Microwave Week and IMS. Uh, European Microwave opened their registration and announced that they're definitely holding the event in person in February in London. There'll be no virtual component. They also have a special offering for all exhibitors who confirm their stand bookings in both London and Milan that's in later the year. Uh, if you do that, you can get a 15% discount on the Milan event. So they're providing some um, relief there from all the things that have happened with the pandemic. And IMS had big news too. They have an incentive to exhibit at IMS 2022. If you're in good standing with the IEEE and exhibited at IMS 2021, you get a 35% credit of your 2021 booth rental applied to uh, booth space for IMS 2022. So it's great that I think uh, they're making up for some of the issues that have happened over the years beyond their control, uh, but there is some relief for exhibitors there, and I think that's a great thing. Yeah, I think we're seeing some positive signs for trade shows, and I think it's, uh, it's none too soon. We're all anxious to get back and be able to walk the floor. I want to mention a couple other things before we wrap up. Our panels are concluding the year with one on IoT in November and also 4D automotive radar in December. And those have been organized by Pat and uh, promise to be very interesting. Also, a reminder that if you aren't already a subscriber to Microwave Journal, we'd love to have you join us. You can find the subscription link at microwavejournal.com, our website, go to the magazine tab, and then just click on subscribe. And that's it for this episode, and we want to thank our sponsors, RFMW, a long-standing distributor representing the full range of circuit functions for RF, microwave, and millimeter wave from the leading companies in the industry and MiniCircuits, a pioneer and well-respected supplier of RF microwave components and integrated assemblies, and now moving into test equipment even further, and they have more than 10,000 active products. Thanks for watching this episode, and please join us next time to stay abreast of what's going on in the industry.